0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Planeswalkers Anonymous, the magic podcast that gets you caught up on the news months later. I'm your host, Duncan Day, and I'm joined this week as every week by my brother, Donovan. Donovan, do you have any old news that you want to bring up for the first time?
1: Uh, someone stole $37,000 worth of cards from my store.
0: Jeez, that's not really old news. I mean, that's happened since our last episode, but that is kind of a big deal. It's the news that's on my mind right now. Yeah, for sure. Um... I'm very sorry that that happened, Donovan. Do, do we have any updates or any any info from from the police or anything yet?
1: Uh, or nothing insurance? from the police. The insurance people are trying to weasel
0: out of it, but well, of course they are. What? But they they have anything to their weaseling or?
1: Uh, I wasn't told. I was not told exactly what they said, so I don't know. Okay. But they apparently are just trying to say that they didn't think they were supposed to cover that when it's like literally the only thing we asked them
0: for. Yeah, like what else would you ask them to cover? In the store.
1: I don't know, man. I don't know.
0: They think that they were supposed to cover the, like, five boxes of dice
1: on the shelf? Hey, now. There's, like, 50 boxes of dice on the shelf. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, times have changed. There was a time.
1: That's true. There was a time. There was a time. <laughs>
0: uh man, that sucks, though, Donovan. Um, like, both the insurance thing and just the fact that somebody... To oh, I'm sure
1: the insurance will pay it. I'm just... Break
0: a window and snag singles out of the store, but uh, but boardwalk's still alive and kicking, right? You've you've got you've still got singles. Yeah, I've... you have got sealed
1: product. I would like anybody who is ordering from our online website to bear with us for the next week or two. Sure. Because till we get stuff sorted out with the insurance company, we don't want to delete those items that were stolen from our inventory because we don't want you know because we want to have the the evidence of us having that product. Sure, makes sense. So our digital inventory of singles is a little inaccurate on some of the higher-end stuff. Okay. Anything like 5 or $6 or less or whatever that you want, though, that's sure to be fine. Like, so... So the bulk of what people buy is pretty safe. Yeah. But if you're looking to pick up some of the $30, $40 cards, it may be worth calling ahead. hmm If you don't... Or just being okay with getting a refund if it turns out that you ordered something we don't have.
0: Yeah, so... uh. Did, did the person who who broke in and and stole the cards did they like raid the singles cabinet and take all the best stuff or did they just like take everything from from like the end of the of the shelves where the older cards were and managed to get a lot of good stuff
1: uh from the footage it looked like they had planned to just take everything from the cabinet yeah because they broke in and they on the first cabinet they just dumped everything into a bag and then took that bag out to their car and came back. Yeah. I don't know, another bag or with having dumped that one out or something. Right. But then they started just picking out some of the highlights from each section. And so I don't know if they just thought Artifacts and Lands, which is the first cabinet they came to, was a lot more valuable stuff. Which is true, because on the older stuff, those things tend to be more valuable because since they're not color-specific, you can put them in any deck. Mm-hmm. And so they're more likely to be valuable. Yeah. Because they have a broader appeal, um, or if they just they started doing that and then they felt pressed for time and started going, okay, well I'll just pick out some of the good stuff now. Yeah, I don't know which.
0: But it was clear this was someone who's familiar enough with magic and stuff that they understood what to take. They wasn't just someone who knew that magic cards were valuable and came and tried to take. No, it.
1: I th- I think it is someone who whose friend knows what things to take and not that they told them what to take but their friend might have been a magic player who showed them the cabinet one time was like hey these are valuable yeah because and they they kind of got a a picture of what was valuable based on like oh like these are older looking cards those ones are more valuable yeah because there's a couple of like they took most of the good stuff mm-hmm. they missed a couple of things that i'm like i don't know why they didn't take this but maybe they just didn't see it cuz it was dim lighting sure. you know but there's a few things where, like, there was an Arabian Nights copy of Flying Man in the case that they took that's, like, 20 bucks, Not worthless, but hard to sell and not that valuable. Yeah. And the cards next to it were Force of Negation and Force of Will, which are each $100 cards. And the copy of Force of Will was one of the new reprints, so it doesn't look old. Okay. And they just passed those, and then the other one was Demonic Tutor, classically valuable card. hmm But... It was directly next to a copy of Diabolic Intent, and it's the reprint of Diabolic Intent, so it looks newer. Diabolic Intent is more valuable than Demonic Tutor, and this one was a foil, and therefore twice as valuable as Demonic Tutor. Yeah. And so it's just About like... they
0: snatched the tutor.
1: They took four different Demonic Tutors from that space and left the Diabolic Intent that was right next to it. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, they didn't know, no, you know, but they, yeah. they seem to have an idea. Okay. So they took all the demonic tutors even the new ones that because but i don't know if they just like saw the demonic tutor that was old and like ah demonic Tutor's old i'll take that oh these are also demonic tutors and took those right. you know i don't know
0: yeah that is, that is interesting that that's an interesting puzzle there because
1: and, like they they did they came in through the, the back windows of the store this is what they broke in and came in mm-hmm. and they started at the back of the cabinets and they worked their way forwards and they went through the all the non All the eternal cabinets. Yeah. But didn't touch the next cabinet, which was, like, showcase and alternate art foils and stuff cards. Yeah. And there's cards in that one that are just as valuable as most of the others, like, over $150 and stuff. Right. Individual singles. And they didn't touch anything in there. They didn't break into that cabinet, you know? And so it's just, like, I think they didn't, like, they weren't... They were not a dealer of Magic singles, you know? (laughs) Like... Sure, sure. They didn't have the knowledge of Magic singles that I do. Right. I think they probably didn't even have the ma- knowledge of Magic of an actual Magic player. Yeah. I think they have the knowledge of Magic who's someone whose friend plays Magic.
0: Yeah. You know? Well, it's like clearly they they knew something because like even if, you know,
1: it's clearly they'd been to the store before because they they broke through the back window and went straight to the cabinet of lands and artifacts. They yeah. didn't wander around the store at all, you know. Right.
0: Right. And like just the way you're describing it, like I, I would think someone who didn't know anything at all, like even if they're like, oh yeah, I, I realize that these cards can be very valuable, or whatever, you know? Like, they picked specific things. Yeah, they felt confident enough mm-hmm. to go in and pick things. But, and like I can say, I probably would have missed the Diabolic Intent. I, did, I wouldn't know that that was valuable. Yeah. Um, but, like, what Magic player, like, of almost any level doesn't know that force of will is valuable
1: that's that's what i'm thinking like you know it ended it it was dim because they came in early in the morning yeah and they didn't turn the lights on right so like maybe they just didn't see that force that was force of will you know and it's not the it's not the original version but it's just still just like weird yeah you know
0: That, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's that's very weird. It's like, even pretty new Magic players who have never seen a Force of Will or played with one would know that Force of Will was a card to take, you know? Uh,
1: but I think they definitely took some stuff because it was old. Yeah. Because I bet you wouldn't steal a copy of Rock Hydra.
0: No. I wouldn't take the Flying Man
1: either. A Rock Hydra is like 80 bucks, because it's from Unlimited. Okay. But, like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like they Like, they took the things that were old was right. seemed to be a big part of it. Right. Well, they didn't take, they passed up all, of, like, the legends from legends that were up there. Like, those cards are quite valuable. Yeah. And so, like, I've still got some great stuff for sale, you know? Sure. It's just yes, Yeah, it's still got, like, a force will and diabolic intent. And gate to Phyrexia. Yeah. Like, and some uh, power artifacts. I've got several copies of power artifacts still. That all right. They just passed on by. So it's just like, but it's like they got like the Vesuvan doppelgangers and the copies of Kurdate from Arabian Nights. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, they they probably managed to take your duels, didn't they?
1: Yeah, the the lands and weird. artifact section was pretty much cleaned out. That really um, sucks. They left me a playset of cavernous of souls in the land section, which was surprising. But I think that was due to them not knowing how valuable cavernous souls is because it's one of the new cards that's valuable. Yeah. And it was be- it was behind where the doors overlap, so you actually have to kind of reach behind the door to get it. And I think they were just like not paying that close attention, just like dumping stuff in there when they're doing the lands and artifacts. Yeah, didn't realize a couple of things they left behind was like Cavern of Souls and Blightsteel Colossus. <laughs> it's like... Man, that's terrible though. Like that's one of the things though. that's like kind of like extra aggravating about this is like the person did not know what they were doing. Right. You know, like uh yeah, like they knew what they're doing, but still, like.
0: Yeah, that's this. That's terrible. Uh, we definitely needed to touch on that, but uh, but I also just you know want to want to remind people that you know boardwalk's open. You, they, there's magic singles. There's sealed product. You got board games. And yeah, all, all our stuff. sealed
1: product is safe. They didn't take any sealed product. We got board games. Yeah. Somebody is like, oh yeah, I saw your deck box section was empty. They took all those. I was like, no, sadly, I just haven't been able to order more deck boxes. <laughs> A pandemic production issue, but yeah. I order them when I can, and they're not completely empty. Today. Sure.
0: But uh, like Donovan said, if you want to order online, we're going to ask you to be patient uh, with our inventory issues. at the m- I say our. It's not mine. You're, the inventory issues at Boardwalk at the moment. But you can, if you're not local and you want to get something at Boardwalk, you can still go to boardwalk-games.com to order something from Donovan's shop. Also, we've got um, we've got a Patreon you can go to to support the show, and on Patreon, we like to give away magic cards, just because, you know, what do you get out of supporting a show on Patreon? Frequently, it's the satisfaction of participating, and sometimes they've got merch or something. Uh, we have a tea Public where you can get t-shirts and stuff from us, but uh main thing that you get... I'm wearing one now. Yeah, you are, none of it is. Uh, but one of the major things that we do on our patreon is every week on this show we like to open up a pack of cards check them out see what's in there let you guys know what was in there and at the end of the month we give those away and so it is that time for our september giveaway of magic cards donovan do you want to see what's in these before we give them away i mean we've looked at them before but
1: you can go over the highlights with us yeah
0: so, last week we opened up a pack of Innistrad Midnight Hunt. It was a set booster, so we got an art card. That was the uh, Whale Drifter. And, of course, we got the very cool uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt Basics. So we got a Basic planes. Um, <laughs> normally the Basic plan wouldn't be one of my highlights, but I actually quite like that. That's pretty cool.
1: Uh, I switched my modern deck that I was playing over to those Basics. Oh, yeah? I really like it because it's an undying like, black-green-beamed very nice deck. Yeah. And so I really like the the Eternal Knight basics for the style for that, the aesthetic for that deck. That's
0: pretty cool. And then we also got two showcase copies of Tireless Hauler and Dire Strain Brawler. We got two of those in the
1: same pack. I call shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, But they wouldn't let me leave an order.
0: A showcase hart Mentor and a camp Stay Away. If we open up one of those today, I'm going to be annoyed. You're already annoyed. I'm alright. You're right. You're right. I'm always a... I'm just a grumpy old man who doesn't like fun. That's what we found out during yep. this show. Uh,
1: Asmore proved it.
0: Yeah. You, oh, you mean Asmore and a Dice in a Kuldakar?
1: Uh-huh, because nobody can say that.
0: Right. Um. And then earlier this month, we also opened up a Modern Horizons 2 set booster... So we got a Dark Moss Bridge art card, and oh, and this was the pack that had several like good uncommons in it. But but uh, we'll we'll just go ahead and skip to the the uh, showcase stuff and the rares here. Yeah, a Phantasmal Dreadmoss showcase card.
1: Oh, our Dinosaur.
0: Then we got a Search the Premises and a Foil Dam.
1: Oh, damn.
0: And then we had this Jumpstart Booster. Which was a vampire's booster. Oh, this this was the uh, this one was actually like the big money pull for for this month. Um, so far, uh, we've had a couple that were like, eh, kind of. I mean, we just yeah, still like a bunch of packs, but but most of our giveaways have had at least one card in them that were like actually a money card, you know. So we've had yeah. we've had pretty good giveaways, I think. Uh, but this this pack had a Sangromancer, Ooh, money! Oh wait, no, that's not. money. And an exquisite blood.
1: Oh, there we are, boys. There we go. Yeah. So that, that one's the money there. Yeah.
0: So this this month's giveaway is an exquisite blood and also a bunch of other cards.
1: <laughs> yeah. All
0: right, but the first pack that we opened up this month was d and D Adventures of oh, the Forgotten. but Around there's set more. Set booster. Yeah. Uh, this one also had an art card. We have a half elf monk. What's the other half? Um, I think it's also half-elf monk. Oh, okay. And we had a showcase... So it's just
1: a full-elf monk, right? Gretchen
0: Titchwillow. No, it's a fully half-elf monk.
1: That's not how fractions work.
0: No, it's not how fractions work. There's not any fractions involved. Uh, and then we've got an eye... Or, sorry,
1: a hive of the eye, tyrant. Hive of the eye, Twitch.
0: Uh, so again, that's, that's uh, basically, it's an exquisite blood. And, uh, Yo, dog!
1: If they play whoever, whoever wins, those play standard. That hive, the eye tyrant, will be sweet. All right, good, good. And like I said, there's is- there's
0: some good uncommons in here that somebody would be lucky to get. Uh, so we are going to give these away to one of our patrons, or you can always enter our giveaway without spending any money by going to our Patreon and doing our survey. And since we've been there's space in
1: that box for you to put these in there. Uh, in the box? Yeah, probably.
0: Huh. Yeah i still got probably almost enough room for another pack. Probably a whole pack. This is
1: another pack. It's just a different game. It would be funny if these were just... If they would be... Don't tell the listeners what they are. I just want them in there. Okay. They can just
0: be surprised. But what I'm trying... What I've been getting at for the last several minutes, I think, now, is you can enter our giveaways by joining us on Patreon or just by visiting our Patreon and finding the link to our survey and taking the survey that way... Uh, you know, you don't actually have to spend any money to participate. That makes it legal. Uh, But, we've been promoting our survey as part of our other giveaway for the end of next month, so we actually have a whole bunch of survey people to add to the giveaway this time. So we've got 17 uh, uh, 17 survey participants and also our uh, patrons, and some of our patrons are entered for multiple entries because that's Part of how our Patreon works, for every consecutive month that you continue to be our patron, you can get additional entries into the giveaway. But I now have a randomized order for these, each with a number assigned to it. And now I will generate a random number to choose someone off that list. Does that sound reasonable, Donovan?
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: All right, here we go. And our winner is JJ Conway.
1: Hey, JJ.
0: Yeah, JJ. It's won our giveaway. I think we, uh... I think before we started doing the uh, pack every month, we had a had some other giveaways every a couple of times, and JJ won some stuff from us before, so that's that's cool.
1: Callback. We're getting a uh, every great podcast has good callbacks. Cool.
0: So that's JJ Conway is the winner of our cards this week.
1: Well, good. He does some advertising for us in Abilene, so now he can show off the stuff he won. Nice. Alright, cool. So that takes care
0: of our giveaway for this month's cards. Now, I'm curious to know if we have any listeners who's in there waiting to be like, ooh, is this when you're giving away the secret layer?" And I, I'm legitimately curious about this because we had planned to give away a, a secret layer this episode also. It is our last episode that we record in September, so it's the end of the month. For us, even though we got a few days left, um, it's the end of the month when we had asked people to go on Apple Podcasts and review our show. Or, if you want to review the show in an, on another uh, platform, you could do that. And we just had the additional requirement that you send send us an email at planeswalkerspod at gmail.com to let us know uh, so that we can make sure that, that you got included in the giveaway. Unfortunately... We had zero entrants <laughs> for this giveaway, and that—that—that that, that is to say, we had zero new reviews of the show since we started this, and and we were going to include our patrons as well. So we could have done our two current reviews and our patrons and just went ahead and give this away. But I felt like uh, this may this maybe this maybe is my fault. Um, I didn't really promote this giveaway on my my social media or anything because i'm bad at self promotion and also social media i just i don't know i don't ever feel like i have anything to say clear because powers combined <laughs> clearly i do because like i have this secret layer to give away and i should i should talk about that but i never feel like i have anything to say so i don't i don't really get into social media and I put it off and I put it off and I was like, ah well, people listen to the show, the, the the actual listeners, not just people who happen to see my tweet, oh should be the ones who get it. So it's fine if I don't if I don't post about it. Clearly it's not. We didn't have anyone in her for this. And uh not to be a complete downer, but like it honestly makes me think like i I'm, I'm was actually really happy to discover that we had all those survey submissions for our for our other giveaway right now, because like this made me think like, wow. Do we not have any listeners? Like, I, I'm not...
1: No, we have two. They're already reviewed. I'm
0: not trying to, like, uh, make you guys feel sorry for me or anything, but I, I seriously was like, what's, what's the point of this if nobody's listening? So...
1: What's it all about?
0: Right. So, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to extend this for another month. Uh, I guess at the end of next month, we will give away both the full-text land secret layer that we were doing this month and... The Strixhaven showcase secret layer that we have planned to do next month. So that's two secret layers that we'll be giving away at the end of October. It'll be a big month for us. And that's
1: my birthday month.
0: And I am going to go to the additional effort of actually posting on social media about this giveaway. Yeah. About both giveaways, probably. Well, I'll, I'll get that done. See if that helps. Uh, and hopefully, we'll actually get some entries for this one. The alternative. Another thing I thought of about this giveaway is maybe nobody wants this. <laughs> I, that seemed seemed crazy to me because like it's a fairly expensive, exclusive product. You know, I thought this is a pretty cool giveaway. This is a lot more than what most people do in in my mind. But may, maybe our listeners aren't interested in this product. And if that's the case, that's fine. Uh, I would appreciate it if now they want more hot tub picks, dude. <laughs> I'd appreciate it if people would uh, go ahead and send me an email. Uh, go to planeswalkerspod at gmail.com and just tell me, what is it that you would like to see us give away? Uh, right now we give away the contents of the booster packs that we open on the show, and every once in a while we do a secret layer. This would be our second secret layer, and then next month would be our third secret layer. So like, this is a thing that we that we do. Uh, if it's this secret layer in particular, or if it's that you aren't interested in secret layers, like, let me know. Tell me what you would like to see us give away, and if I get a lot of emails like that, uh, that have some good suggestions in them, then I will put all the people who emailed me about this into another giveaway to give away something that you guys suggested that we give away instead of the Full Text Lands. But, for the time being, unless I hear otherwise, we're gonna give away a Secret layer Full Text Lands foil edition at the end of October now. And all you have to do to get this is review the podcast. You do have to leave a text review. I cannot see people, if you rate the show, like give it four stars, five stars, whatever, and don't write anything, I can't see who you are. Um, But we didn't have anyone do that either, so I'm not concerned that that's the problem. It just occurred to me while I was looking at this that you might need to know that. You have to say something. (laughs) So, if you leave us a review, uh, if it's not on Apple... Go ahead and shoot me an email. Again, that's planeswalkerspod at gmail.com, and you can let me know that you reviewed the show or that you didn't because you want us to give away something else, and I will try to do that. Uh,
1: they want your old chair.
0: <laughs> my old chair? I got a new chair, everyone. It's, it's, it's nice. I, I like it. Well, actually, I'm hoping that I'll get used to it or I'll like break it in and it'll be more comfortable. That's that's where I'm at with the new chair. Um but I feel like I've kind of gone on about this and and been mopey and, like, sad. And uh, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining. I, uh, I'm very happy to send JJ and Exquisite Blood and, like, four other packs of cards. And uh, I'm looking forward to giving away these secret layers at the end of next month. Um, I hope you guys are, too. <laughs> Donovan, was there anything else that we wanted to talk about or go over or anything before we actually get into the like news portion of our show where we talk about the uh, current events in Magic? Yeah, good. Well, wait, we had a
1: pack to open, right? Oh
0: yeah, we got to open up a pack this episode. Woo! This for next month's giveaway. This is next month, and this is the big one. Like every set, uh, once per set, we try to open up a collector's booster that like gives us a uh, some good stuff to start off exciting. New sets with in our giveaways. Um, if we get so, if we get enough people participating in our Patreon, we plan to open up a collector's booster every episode. But for the time being, we're doing like one per set. And this week is our Innistrad Midnight Hunt collector booster. It's got orange and purple packaging, kind of a uh, visually different. I don't know. Just jumped out at me. So we got a foil crossroads candle guide that's to do with the jack-o'-lantern for a head that's pretty cool a foil howl of the hunt and a and i guess these are all foil until i say otherwise a pestilent wolf a bird admirer slash wing shredder
1: sad story
0: <laughs> yeah a dryads revival a dual craft trainer and like I said, these are all foil, but I feel like calling this one out in particular. It's a foil basic us. Looks good. And then we've got a foil storm the festival. Then we have a extended art moorland rescuer. Is that a uh, from the commander? Yeah. Decks. Okay. So I was like, that's not the same set symbol. Yeah.
1: That was from the commander decks.
0: Yeah, a foil. Sorry, not a foil. The
1: the. Ex- They're actually in theory. In theory. There's a bunch of cards from the Commander decks in the Collector Boosters that are not in the Commander deck. Oh, what's that about? They want to make it hard to get cards. Great. We got an extended our
0: Augur of Autumn.
1: Oh, that's nice! Augur of Autumn's a very good card. Yeah. And
0: And we've got the Showcase Tavern Ruffian slash Tavern Smasher. Less of a sad story than the uh, the bird fans here. Yeah. A uh, showcase Harvest Tide infiltrator slash Harvest Tide assassin, and I get the rare showcase. Sorry, how often the you Vipers hire a thing. Giant Wolfman
1: as your assassin? <laughs>
0: well, sometimes you you don't need the assassin to be subtle.
1: Yeah, it just sounds like a murderer.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, if you're paid to do the murder thing, you're an assassin. So is, it, right? is it an assassin or is he
1: just a hitman? Isn't a hitman like a subset of assassin? I would think the assassins were a subset of Hitmen. Hmm, interesting.
0: Uh, and we've got a foil showcase. Uh, I think this may be the etched foil. Baneblade Scoundrel slash Baneclaw Marauder.
1: I don't think there's any etched or non-etched ones.
0: This one does look like it's only foiled in certain places. I don't know. Anyway.
1: That's not what etched foil means. But
0: that's what etched foil cards look like.
1: Or subsets.
0: And we got the... Uh, Showcase version of Jadar, Ghoul Caller of Nefalia.
1: Oh, there's another good. Yeah, card. it's a good card. The Eternal Night showcases are way better than the Equinox showcases.
0: Yeah, this is a pretty sweet looking card. And we also had a uh, foil Devil Human token. Well, Devil token and Human token, double sided token. Uh, Blizzy, what was the highlight out of this? I mean, we got the the probably the Jadar. Yeah, you got a a foil Maybe the showcase Jadar. And a uh, extended art auger of autumn and I'm
1: not sure about the the commander specific card. I don't know what the price on that is. Well, let's
0: see. I don't know what the price is on anything here is, but the rares were the Foil Storm Festival, the Moorland Rescuer.
1: <laughs> Storm the Festival's super hype. Okay. I think that packs like nothing amazing but like several like pretty good pulls. Okay.
0: The Foil Storm the Festival, Extended Art Moorland Rescuer, Extended Art Augur of Autumn. Uh, then a uh, Showcase Sarath the Viper's Fang, and a Showcase Foil Jadar Ghoul Color of Nephalia. Alright, thank you for reminding me to open up back, Donovan. Yeah, no problem.
1: That's what I'm here for.
0: But that being done... Just to help you get your get you, get you head in the game. That being done, we uh, man, Don, we have recorded like an hour, and we haven't even got to our main, main event yet.
1: We're giving so much cool stuff away!
0: Right? But we we don't do we don't do news every episode anymore. So since we do have a lot of like I don't know if I want to say recurring topics, but like topics that we hit for each set and uh, other things that we want to get to talk about, um, we don't get to do news all that often. Luckily, the like the big news stories don't happen all that often, and when they do, we make room for them in our schedule. But the smaller news stories tend to just kind of get left out of our show these days. And, we try to mention them. Yeah, we, we try to mention stuff when we're, when we're particularly interested or we think that it's going to be relevant to people. Uh, but what I'm saying is like it kind of builds up and then we'll do like a news show where we have a bunch of stuff to talk about, right? Uh, it, it, and it, like sometimes it's kind of older news, like people probably already heard about it or something. But we'd like to get our thoughts out there and uh, let people know if anyone didn't know about this stuff so they can get hyped up about cool magic stuff, you know? Uh, this, uh-huh. this week, we actually don't have, like, a bunch of things that have happened in the last couple of months and, and built up, but last month there was this big, like, Magic Showcase 2021 announcement video that they streamed. I think they streamed it on YouTube. Uh, now it's available just as a video on YouTube, um, but they talked about some of the things happening in the latter half of this year, um, but most of those things have kind of happened now. Uh, what we were thinking about talking about this week is all the stuff they, they talked about all of the things that are going to be coming out next year. So we don't have a lot of information, but we, you know, we've got a, uh, kind of a road map to what's going to be happening in the next year for magic and some stuff to be excited about and get our thoughts out there. So we thought, uh, we thought we'd talk about the cool For things. the listeners
1: at home, Duncan actually watched the video and so I'm going to probably be asking him a lot of questions. <laughs> But uh, I'm not gonna have a lot. Of answers. I am lazy and didn't do any work. So
0: as per you, uh, what I will say. Uh, so I know this isn't really what the what this show or even this episode is about. Um, but I need to I need to get it out there. Um, when I watched this video, it was not great. Uh, they had several different hosts and several different guests from wizards. Uh, the hosts were, I guess, they're probably recognizable names to other people who pay more attention to magic oh, and stuff i don't remember one of them's name is jimmy wong and one of them name was becca stone and then there was another one and i feel really bad for not remembering his name because he was the black one but <laughs> i don't catch his name um but the, they, they seem to be uh hosts that we were expected to recognize and then the guests were like aaron forsyth and mark Rosewater, and. And some of the people who are also big deals at Wizards, but not so much that I remember their name, remember their names. Uh, my point being that they they uh, th- this wasn't just like somebody narrating over. You didn't
1: remember Joe Johnson?
0: No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I looked at the the blurb from the video. I assumed that you looked at something, <laughs> but um, yeah, Joe Johnson. But the the issue I had with this was like they very clearly had like some production value to this you know and they had hosts and guests and they had like a stage and and it was and, and this was probably it was very very scripted and it felt very scripted and stilted and you could tell that the the hosts would say their line and then wait for the guest to say the answer that they knew was coming and then that was their cue to make the comment that they had prepared for that you know and it like it made it very <laughs> Very difficult for me to watch. It really felt like a, uh, just, like, a press release that they had tried to jazz up with some commentary and stuff, and then put these actors in place to read it out as if they were doing a, uh, a talk show or something instead of just a press release, you know? Uh, but, aside from my critique of their performances, um, I will say that the, uh, the Becca Stone, I think her name was, the... Becca Scott. Becca Scott. Okay. So one one of the one of the hosts. She did a really good job of sounding natural and like
1: honestly excited and stuff. Pretty much everyone else. Well, she's she's the person that is a like Magic's commentator. Yeah. Jimmy Wong has his own YouTube channel. I don't know who Joe Johnson is. Okay. Um he might have a podcast or just something that I'm just not affiliated. I haven't seen, you know. Sure. Um but like This is what I don't know if this is Becca Scott's main job. She may not get enough work from wizards doing to do this main as her main income. But like, this is a job that she has is doing commentary and like stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Well, I suspect all of her lines and stuff were just as scripted as the as the men's, but she did a really good job of delivering them in a way that felt natural, looked natural, and sounded uh, authentic. You know, whereas. Everyone else, whether they're hosts or guests, sounded like they were delivering scripted lines for a middle school play. Um, But, all that aside, uh, they did have what I thought was some pretty exciting news about the lineup for 2022. Um, Some of this stuff is just cool in my opinion some of it i'm gonna be an old stick in the mud like oh duncan's an old man in magic and he doesn't like change and stuff and i'm gonna complain about things so i'm gonna try not to do it too much uh but you know me i'd like <laughs> if everything was good i just wouldn't have anything to say right so i'm gonna complain yeah uh donovan yeah. is is there any particular place you want to jump off at
1: well i uh didn't watch the video yeah I was looking at the comments, and somebody's got a breakdown here of all the um, stuff in the video and when you can look at it. Sure. And I just think it's funny that they're announcing the Companion app.
0: <laughs> I don't think there's so much announcing it. I think they're, they're talking about the fact that they're going to have be going back to in-store events.
1: Yeah, I just think it's funny because it's like the Companion app has existed for a year, mm-hmm. and they made the switch to it. While nobody was playing Magic, right? So people don't know about it, and it's. though I, I think right. it's not unnecessary to be announcing the Companion app in this video and talking about it. I just think it's funny, you know. Yeah, it's like,
0: it is. But I think they
1: people come in into the shop, and I'm like, "Hey, can I get your Wizards account email so I can put you in the thing?" And um, they're like, "Yeah, my DCI number is this," and I'm like, "No, no, no, I need your the email for your Wizards account is what we use now." Right. And they're just like. I don't know what that is. I was like, "Oh, you have the companion app. You can just you can enter that way instead, rather than you can you can enter in through the companion app rather than me putting you in." Right. And they're like, "Uh, no." <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: it's just like okay. Uh, um, but I think that that part was probably pretty good. They they just kind of they were talking about uh, events eh, getting know, back full of lies. Back into so.
1: oh really? I watched it. They said it's a great tool. Oh. <laughs> all lies oh
0: you know they're hyping their product no
1: the companion app is great i love the companion app event link the website for running it from the back end is utter garbage okay and that's how it goes with apps the front facing side it is good the back end that people have to use to run things is always trash (laughs) so like it's not surprising but it's annoying as hell as one of the people that has to use the back end but also has no control over how it works yeah, it's because I think,
0: well, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know anything about the field. Never mind. I was going to give a completely uninformed imping, opinion. Um, but yeah, so they reminded people to use the companion app. Uh, they also did talk talk some stuff about like Innistrad, Midnight Hunt, and a secret lair that they are promoting at the time and stuff like that that just like either isn't relevant anymore or has just already happened or we've already spent a lot of time talking about on the show because it was something we were doing currently. Uh, because, like I said, this did come out like a month ago. So, so I was gonna kind of jump ahead to the the uh, set roster that they have for the the sets coming out next year. is that cool, Almond? Yeah. So let's go. I just I just wanted to mention that because I thought it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. I like bring up anything you want to. I just want to make sure that, but it, I'm not jumping over something else that you want to talk about. Uh, so. Every every year we do four regular sets in Magic, that, and so they break it up into you know first quarter, second quarter, that sort of deal. And the first quarter set is probably going to come out in the spring. i oh, do spring
1: first quarter. Spring, maybe late winter, seeing as they pushed the schedule up. Right. With Innistrad sets. Okay. They they push things up a little bit to get the Crimson Bow set out this year rather than putting it in January of next year, like is usually it's been like january or february mm-hmm. and they just pushed it up so it's in december this time okay they, they wanted the innistrad sets to come out together more together sure um so i don't know if they're gonna have the neon dynasty set come out in like late february or if it's gonna be or what you know but yeah. it's gonna be the first quarter sometime. yeah like
0: this, this is why we're using language like first quarter rather than the spring set or whatever so the, yeah. the first quarter set For for 2022 is going to be Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, and apparently this is a Kamigawa set following on from you know the last time we were in Kamigawa several years ago. I say several, many years ago now I guess. Uh, And the Kamigawa plane has moved on, has moved on two thousand years in fact, and so we are in a futuristic uh, Japanese mythology based. Uh, landscape, and it's all going to be cyberpunk ninjas and samurai and stuff.
1: Um, so, I'm happy for the people that like Kamigawa that are going back to Kamigawa. Yeah. Personally wasn't a huge fan of it, so I'm not that worried about it. Um, the fact that it's cyberpunk's a bit weird. Like, I'm not sure I'm ready for laser guns on my magic cards. Yeah. Um, but, well, I... I am always one of those people that's willing to try it before I have a real problem with it. Yeah, something I think is... I'm a bit hesitant on it, but I, I'm not going to not check out the cards, you know? Like, I'm going to look at them, we're going to see if they're cool looking, we're going to play with them, see if they play fun. I'm sure they'll play like any other cards, you know? Yeah. Like, what they look like and the theme of what's going on there doesn't usually have a huge effect on what the card does. Right. We'll play with them, we'll see what's up, but it's just like, uh, I don't, I'm hesitant on that one. Yeah, so I didn't think I was gonna like Strixhaven. I was kind of down on that one, but then I loved it. So
0: something I think is kind of interesting about this is this is going to be sort of a this this sort of flavor is going to be repeated several times in the different announcements that we have here. Is like sci-fi magic cards, and so that that's kind of interesting. But we'll, we'll see. That's like really some foreshadowing for some of our some of the other announcements that we see in, in this in this whole thing that we're going to be talking about. But as far as specifically about the Kamigawa stuff, um, I was not a big fan of Kamigawa either. But not because of anything really in Kamigawa. I had like my own misconceptions about what was going on um, because I came in uh, when we were in Dominaria and had only been in Dominaria for Magic, right? And then we went to Mirrodin, uh, but that was like. There were story elements that, like, Mirrodin was created as, like, a, a plane by people in Dominaria. So I didn't think of that as, like, moving on to another setting. It was just kind of part of the setting from Dominaria, the, as far as I had experienced. And I take it back. I said we'd never left Dominaria, right? Like, Homelands actually happened in another plane. And, like, there there were had been other planes in Magic's history. But it hadn't it hadn't been so clear. And I wasn't there for a lot of it, Right. And then Kamigawa was this big jump, where it was like, no story connection, we're going to Kamigawa now and doing a different story, right? And I didn't understand that that's how magic worked or was going to work. I thought that we were just, they were just like, oh, this magic thing isn't working out like this, well, let's make some changes to it, let's do a more Eastern sort of mythology thing with magic. And... And I, I'm, like, an anime fan. i like, a, a weeaboo, almost, you know? And, like, I like all the de- the Japanese stuff and, and things like that. Um, but one of the things I liked about Magic was the, the fantasy, the Western fantasy flavor stuff, you know? And so I was kind of down on it, and I didn't really give it a fair shake. But it had some really powerful cards in it. I think it had some cool stuff. And, like I said, I like the anime things and stuff. So, uh...
1: Yeah, some powerful cards. I just didn't like some of the art style, mostly with the goblins. That's my main problem. I don't like Kamigawa goblins.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the Kamigawa goblins weren't that cool. But I think, I think I'll think i look forward to I seeing... I didn't like
1: the Konza Tarkir goblins either.
0: I think I'll look forward to seeing Kamigawa again, Kamigawa again. And I really like Cyberpunk. I really like that sort of setting. I'm a little bit, like, iffy on Cyberpunk in Magic. Because... I think that like I think this is part of why I didn't like the first Kamigawa is I felt like they were changing something about the flavor of Magic and like I feel like the flavor of Magic is important to Magic's identity and I think that I'm getting the impression especially from many of the things that we're gonna that we're gonna be seeing in the in the future for Magic that uh, over at WotC they've decided like oh yeah flavor is super important to Magic but not any particular flavor. As long as the cards are flavorful, we can do any flavor we want in Magic. And I don't think that's wrong. I think Magic is very flexible, it's very capable, and it can do any flavor, but it's going to feel less and less like Magic as we branch out into other flavors, in my opinion.
1: Sure. Um, And I think that they're having the same issue here as Star Wars had. Yeah. when When they made the new Star Wars movies in the 2000s, is that... To bring in new players, you need to do something different. Yeah. If you wanna have the largest effect on that. You know, like sure. you'll yeah, you can keep doing what you're doing and you could bring in new players, but you'll have a much larger effect on how many players you bring in if you do something wildly different. Sure. And so they're gonna do something wildly different and you're gonna have all the players that are enfranchised continuing to play it and they'll be whatever, you know? Yeah. But there will be but there's gonna be those enfranchised players that are just like but but I liked what we were doing before, yeah. you know? And they're going to be annoyed. Right. A lot of them, like myself, are in too deep, not stopping, you right. know? Like, sunk cost fallacy sure. issues, right? Can't abandon magic now. We're in too deep. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's true. But it's, it's just what, like, if they want to do something to appeal to the audience that they're missing out on, they have to do something very different. And I think a lot of that is more relevant in their Universes Beyond stuff, but yeah. um, it is relevant to Kamigawa. That was one of their first shots at doing this kind of thing.
0: Right. Yeah, I think that that's a fair point. And, like, that's the sort of thing that I, I have difficulty with just...
1: Unless you count Arabian Nights, I guess. Just
0: dealing with and accepting in, uh, in the way our world works, I guess, is that, like, sometimes there are marketing reasons why you have to do a thing, and... Or not have to, but there are marketing reasons why a company is going to do a thing. And I'd be like, oh, but that's not, like, the best way to express the artist's intent or, or whatever, you know? And, uh, and like, the company, who is not actually responding to me, but the company would be like, yeah, but the math says this will make more money. And I'm like, but that's not important. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing we care about. We're a company, not a person. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't have an argument for that. Like, I don't know. Like I don't like it, but like that. Yeah, I what, agree. What That's how do? I
1: feel. A lot of the universe is beyond stuff.
0: Um. But and then the uh, second quarter set. We we shouldn't spend this long on every item on here. But we'll see what happens. The second quarter set for 2022 is going to be Streets of New Capena or Capena. I think it's Capena. Streets of New Capena. But Streets of New Capenna is supposed to be like Magic's take on like a gangster movie. Um, as from what I understand from from the video and the uh I believe it was like the head of of the of uh not flavor, that's not the word they use. I don't know. I know might if it might be story. So like, anyway, the lady was saying that this is a also a um city plane. It was a city that was originally built by angels and inhabited by angels, but has been kind of taken over by demons, and these demons running these crime families are, are in control now. And there's... And it's a...
1: Well, I think it's supposed to be inhabited by a plethora of races. I mean, probably. It's just the angels found it and ran it initially, right. but the demons have taken
0: over. Sure. And, uh, and each of these five crime families has three different... is a three-color... Uh, I don't know if they're going to be wedges or... Presumably
1: a shard, considering shards. they did wedges in this past standard.
0: Yeah. Presumably a shard. But they're, they're three colors each, so we've got a a multicolored tribal
1: I'm hoping for some triumphs. Set.
0: And, uh, and it's Don, Don and I were talking about this earlier, and, like, I don't know. I'm just not into this one. Like, who knows? Maybe it'll be awesome, but I don't see like, gangster movie as a as a setting for an entire world, that doesn't seem right. And also, doing a city plane with multicolored tribal thing just sounds like Ravnica. Like mm-hmm. it, that just sounds like Ravnica. And like this most recent set, Innistrad Midnight Hunt, and presumably Crimson Vow also has a whole angels versus demon theme running through it. Yeah. So like it just, I'm not sure what this set is bringing to the table.
1: Um, so I think that that's intentional having that because in standard you need sets with similar themes to come out together to sure to be able to use all those. That's why we had um, the the party mechanic with the um, Zendikar Rising set, mm-hmm. and we had um, all those party types be relevant and on creatures in um, the forgotten realm set you know yeah like to tie those things together so that you can have cross set mechanically relevant cards for the different sets yeah i get that which is like the reason to be kind of like kind of wish wizards would do more than one set on a plane sure but also like you kind of want stuff to tie together so like i think having like these angels and demons thing across all these sets like there's a big angel sub theme in Kyle Time, you know? Yeah. And, no, I don't have a problem with that
0: specifically. I just mention it as part of an overall issue of like what is this set doing that I'm supposed to be interested like, in though.
1: How is this plane gonna have its own identity? Yeah.
0: Because like like the uh like the gangster crime Tommy family guns, thing. My dude.
1: They're gonna have Tommy guns.
0: <laughs> Maybe.
1: They have laser guns on Kamigawa and Tommy guns on Nukapena.
0: But like the the uh the crime family sort of uh, mob thing is Orzov, and the city plane and multicolor guilds thing is Ravnica, which is also related to Orzov there. So, like, that's all already included in Ravnica.
1: And, like, Ravnica had, like, a big deal of things with, like, angels and demons being the heads of the different guilds and stuff.
0: Uh, yeah, there were a few of those. So, like, this does sound like kind of a reskin of Ravnica. It's like it's the it's like,
1: Zoomer Ravnica, Duncan. What? They don't have it's Zoomer Ravnica. They don't have time for ten guilds, so they just did five.
0: <laughs> it's Ravnica, but Orzov took over and was like, "Look, consolidate some of these things."
1: Exactly. That way, the Zoomers can understand um, it. They're not. They don't understand these big complex things we boomers talk about. One
0: of the one of the little like tidbit hints that they drop that's supposed to be get get us hyped for this set. It just doesn't do anything for me, but maybe it will for you or the listeners. As I said, this is a this this plane is significant to Elspeth's story. And I'm just kind of like, okay, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but oh, I mean, I'm curious where Elspeth's from because it's never stated yet. Yeah. So well, if this is where Elspeth is from, that makes find out if this is Elspeth's home plane. Sure.
0: And then, uh, feel free to jump in if you have something else you want to say about that set, Domin. But,
1: I think I am more hopeful for that than you are i mean, I, I am I am kind of curious i'm I'm more curious how it's gonna dis- dis- be distinctive but you seem to be kind of worried it won't be I don't know about worried i
0: I'm even down on it like I'm not I, I'm not saying like oh I think this is gonna be bad I'm saying i'm not in like it's not doing anything to grab me I'm not interested I don't no hype here i'm like what is this is, yeah does this sounds um
1: common? well maybe also maybe the reason it's relevant to elspeth is somebody is talking about they'd like to go back to alara but like we don't have the like fractured plane thing to talk about anymore yeah what if this is alara now the demons have taken over alara who knows okay that was a shard magic set yeah sure kamigawa was a thousand years or whatever in kamigawa's future this is a thousand years in alara's future
0: yeah maybe maybe uh maybe angels started this city when they reunited the shards of alara and
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and now it's taken over the
1: whole plane and and been taken over by demons there we go kind of like new phyrexia is the name of mirrodin which was the name of argentum like just because the plane has a new name doesn't really mean it's a new place. Sure. See, new plane, who did? Here's
0: the problem, though, Domin. I do not believe this is going to be what's going on. I think that you don't think it's a lie. I think that you have already come up with a more interesting, nuanced, and flavorful story and setting than Watsy did. And this has been. You hear that, Watsy? Pay me. This has been part of my problem with Magic for the last couple of years, really, is it seems like their flavor and story have gotten really lazy and bad. But
1: They've gotten pretty shallow. Yeah. Um, and, I'm not going to lie. And part
0: of that, I think, has come from what you mentioned about the fact that they only stay on a plane for one set now. And so, like, they've, they're, they're putting out way more st- different things. And so they're kind of having to churn through things, I think. And they're making things that are kind of disposable. They make something and toss it out there and throw it away and go on to something else, you know? Rather than really fleshing it out. They don't invest in it. Yeah, Yeah. they don't invest in it. That's a good good way to put it. Uh,
1: It made sense on multiple levels. Right.
0: Yeah. But the uh, third quarter set for 2022 is going to be Dominaria United. And we don't really know anything else about that. Like, they haven't said anything. They, ha- they didn't have to say anything, They're Like It's Dominaria, it sells itself. Pretty much. Uh, They they did talk about how this is going to be the 30th
1: anniversary of Matt, Which is weird, because um, it's the 29th anniversary. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, like, Magic came out in 1993, 2022 is 29 years later. I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know either, Donovan. Somebody at Wizards is bad at math. <laughs> no, they said this is gonna be the start of their thirtieth anniversary celebration stuff. Oh, okay. That, so maybe they just have a build up to the stuff. That does kind of make sense because
0: of the following on from this. You know, just, it yeah, seems like that's but gonna I, be a little bit I just on. think
1: it's funny to me. I'm just like, this the twenty nine years is when you're gonna do your thirtieth anniversary. Right. But uh like I know that the pandemic felt long, <laughs> but but we started
0: in Dominaria. We're going back to Dominaria. Also, apparently, the uh, most recent Dominaria set was hugely popular, so they bought it Dominaria was, some more
1: very popular. And Wizards told us we couldn't do a pre-release. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I you know. I think that was Guilds of Ravnica.
0: Uh, but I
1: don't, think, I don't know. But
0: but I, this is this is one that I like uh, because what I was what we were just talking about about how things really feel shallow now. As Dominaria was not. That's the thing that I like best about Dominaria. There's always, you know, rose-colored glasses and whatever. Like, maybe I just like Dominaria because I'm old and it's old. But Dominaria has... That
1: part might be true, but I think you're right, though. (laughs) That it is a lot more fleshed out than a lot of these places. and a lot more expansive. Mm -hmm. um, And it feels more real. With Dominaria, when it first started, there was less focus on the planeswalkers, Mm -hmm. and so they wanted to be able to go to different regions and talk to different people and stuff, and since they didn't have as, like, planeswalkers existed and stuff, but they weren't the focus of the story, yeah, um, they needed them to be able to travel to different places without having to planeswalk there. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the place that they created had different places on it.
0: Yeah, it wasn't like a plane that was just eight. one city is the entire plane. Or or whatever. Like, like, It's like Kamigawa is basically like the Japanese mythology set, right? It's like the yeah. Kamigawa plane is all Japan. Mm-hmm. Earth. Our little bitty boring Earth where we have to make up stories about whole other universes so that we can explore things that don't exist here, you know, has a Japan and a lot yeah. of other things, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and Kamigawa's not bad. It's not even a, one of the most egregious examples of this. It's just easy to show the parallel because Japan exists on Earth, right? Uh, yeah. But Kamigawa is an entire plane that doesn't even have as much stuff in it as Earth does.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... But I, I agree. I think Dominaria is a more fleshed out, better place. Yeah, than it's got
0: multiple continents the, and biomes and
1: cultures and factions. That's one of the reasons I wish they'd stayed on Eldraine longer. Yeah, is that that plane does actually have different regions? It only has like five mentioned nations. Yeah, you. But to be honest, like that one could be explored, and maybe there's places outside of that particular region that you could go further. Whereas, like. Um, some other planes are a little bit smaller um, as I say like something like Ikoria had a bunch of wilderness and stuff that wasn't really fleshed out Mm -hmm. but as far as we could tell there was just three cities and that's it for the whole plane yeah you know whereas like each city Dominaria has nations with multiple cities per nation
0: yeah Uh, but also I think that's that might be one of the reasons why I actually like Inistrad so much. Is like there are a lot of other reasons, and that's part of why I like it so much because there are a bunch of reasons to like it, right? But Innistrad feels pretty fleshed out too. There's like there's not quite as much as Dominaria, but there's diff- several different biomes with different cultures and groups of people and nations. Yeah,
1: it's a lot smaller than Dominaria, yeah. but there is a lot more going on than some places i think ravnica is pretty cool because it's got a bunch of different stuff but it's it's stick is supposed to be that it's a city plane yeah i don't
0: i don't dislike ravnica when i brought it up it's as so an like, example it's fine of that this there's problem not
1: a bunch of like it's fine that there's not really much not city place yeah because it's supposed to be kind of like coruscant you know sure like the city has encompassed the whole plane because there's so much of it and so there's a lot of city to explore, and the different guilds and stuff have their own sections. Mm-hmm. And you have places, and you also have to deal with, like, places where people who are not guild-aligned live and stuff. Yeah, and also,
0: like, Ravnica, in its time, when, like, it first came out and everything, was an exception to a rule. It wasn't the rule, isn't like, hey, we're doing these, like, individual planes that just have one gick gimmick or stick, you know? Um but all all that's to say that we don't know like anything about what's going on in Dominaria United, but Dominaria is all by itself enough of a of a cool thing to yeah, get hyped about.
1: I think they did a good job with Strixhaven. Yeah. Because that's I don't even remember the name of the plane that Strixhaven is uh, on. Uh
0: Arcavios, I think.
1: Arcavios, yes. Arcavios was the name of the plane. But they don't try to say that this is all there is on the plane. Sure. Yeah, know? they
0: could go back to Arcavios and do other stuff. They could
1: do another Arcavios set and do other things with some similar, like, magical themes and stuff, mm-hmm. but not be about Strixhaven. Right. And so, like, I think that that's something they could do. And so I think they did a good job there, whereas with Ecoria, like, Ecoria is the plane. Yeah. And the people seem to know how Ikoria works, so it'd be hard for them to go back there... And be like, and here's this other nation on the other side of the planet. It's like, why do the does the people in the flying city not know that there's other sure. regions? You know, yeah. like so it's just like I think that some of them they some of those things like Ravnica, It's yeah, it's all one city, but it's a very expansive place, and there's plenty to explore within that. Mm-hmm. And and they could do more like Strixhaven, where it's a plane, but they're talking about this. You know, like that's what they did with Dominaria initially. Is like they started out in this country on Dominaria and started talking about this, and then like, oh, we went over to Sheev, and then we went over to um Crota, or to, 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 to um, Lanawar and stuff like that, yeah. right? And they could tell different stories in different regions. But like, so like, I know I've
0: just kind of like, been, oh, isn't Dominaria awesome? But like that just because you mentioned them, Crosa and Lanawar are both forests, and they're two different forests on Dominaria, and they're distinct from each other, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, I think they did a good job with that with Dominaria, and I think they didn't do a great job with that with some other planes. Like, I think Eldraine felt a little bit too much like they had, it was all just these five cities, you know? Yeah. That's not like explicitly necessarily true, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe they could expand on some of that stuff. But I think with Arcavios they did do a good job of leaving themselves open to be able to come back and do more story there. Sure. With it not being tied into that spati- particular story. Yeah. And I think with some of them, like Ikoria, they did an especially bad job of, well, like, what else are they going to do there, you know? Yeah. Except for go back and, like, retcon it into Kiora's story. That's the only other thing they have left to do. Right.
0: Man. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is there was so much here, and like we were like, "Ah, oh, it'll be okay." It's there's like not hardly any depth to this. They kind of just mention these things, and like we've spent like twenty minutes on each of these topics. So
1: I think it's gonna pick up as we go through. I think the the big stuff was at the beginning. Sure,
0: I I hope so. Uh, <laughs> not because I don't want to spend time talking about this stuff. It's just like this is gonna be really long, if not. But um, and you want to go to sleep? The, yeah, the last set for twenty twenty two, the quarter four regular set is the brothers war so this will dominaria united too yeah this will brothers also war. be on dominaria and like you're saying like you said maybe their uh 30th anniversary thing is actually 2023 and this is just like the start of their rollout for it maybe all of 2023 is going to be like in dominaria and stuff like that and maybe homelands or something you know
1: yeah, it's it's reruns of the year right uh, doing Dominaria United, and then we're going to do the Brothers War, which is just a rerun of Antiquities. Yeah,
0: so and I think uh when I first started playing Magic, I was under the impression that like the Brothers War was the beginning of the Magic story. And I think that's actually not true, because then the Brothers War didn't come up until Antiquities, but it was like the first big story in Magic. Mm-hmm. And so it was the story that peop- that Magic players knew about, and as they're like, "Oh, this is this is where you start the story of Magic." Um, and I was never actually all that clear on exactly what it was, but we all are familiar with Urza and Mishra, right? Um,
1: yeah, we are, but <laughs> listeners might not be. Well, I expect I expect they're not. Well, they're
0: they're brothers. I know that Urza eventually became a planeswalker. I think Mishra ended up not because he got like his spark I stolen or something, right?
1: I think Mishra ended up dead.
0: Yeah, but uh, but they're they're powerful like wizards and inventors who created these artifacts and weapons. Artificers, yeah, even. artificers is what they call them. Uh, but they create these magical and technological artifacts, and they have a disagreement about how to use these powers, and there this war gets started between them. I think them. they,
1: I think they both go their separate ways and they go to different nations and become powerful advisors to the the leaders of these nations Mm -hmm. and inventors within them that create their machines and stuff. And so the war gets started between these two nations because of the influence of these brothers. And so it's not like just like, yeah, I've made my robots, they're going to fight your robots. It's like wars between countries. Yeah,
0: like this brothers war consumes the entire... Plane, like the uh, yeah, it's like the World War of Dominaria.
1: Yeah, um, I think it bled into the conflict with the Phyrexians, right? Like that's yeah, I like their war, like brought them across to different planes and stuff, and that's where they got the the Phyrexians' attention. So I
0: could be wrong, but I think that part of like their major disagreement was that like the Phyrexians were already trying to get into Dominaria. And uh, Mishra thought that they could use Phyrexian oil in, to, like, I don't know, power or or somehow enhance yeah, they, their machines. And Urza he, was like... He
1: was the Boromir.
0: And Urza was like, no, Phyrexian oil, that stuff is, like, no bueno. We, we shouldn't mess with that stuff. And that I, I think, if I remember correctly, that was central to their disagreement.
1: It might be, I don't remember.
0: Uh, and I could be wrong. Um, this was years ago, uh, but we're getting a revisit of the Brothers War. Apparently, we'll find out, right? And like Antiquities was an artifact set that kind of uh, had a lot of the artifacts from from the Brothers War and their artifice and invention in it, but it didn't communicate the story particularly well. Um, so the Brothers War apparently is a revisit of the same sort of stuff. But this time, they're going to be really shining a light on the story and broadening that perspective to a lot more than just an artifact set. It's supposed to include a lot of other stuff in Dominaria to enhance, like, your understanding of the war and how it is affecting everyone, not just these artificers and their machines.
1: And if you're interested in that story now, mm-hmm. there is a book titled Brothers War that came out in the 90s or something. Yeah, when Magic Maybe did the books. early 2000s that... I mean, they did books like two years ago.
0: Yeah, I, but they've been kind of like on again, off again with books. And
1: but I was just saying that the the books at that time, they did books. I don't think they were specifically tied to sets. So the Brothers' War was not like the book for antiquities. It was right. just a book about the story of the Brothers' War. Yeah. And so it, it might be basically the story that they're going to be telling in this set. Yeah. And if you're interested in that, I, I read it years ago. I think I have a copy of it here somewhere. I think I read your copy probably. But it's a it's an interesting story and it really gets into a little bit about how uh the land system of magic is tied to how you produce mana. Yeah. It talks it doesn't talk about it a lot, but it mentions it and so that's an interesting aspect of it about like how like the different sorcerers and wizards and stuff could draw mana from different places they'd been to. Mm-hmm. And that's why planeswalkers are more powerful than the other wizards and stuff is that they've traveled to different regions of this plane, but also to other planes and they can draw mana from across the different planes. Sure. And so that's kind of interesting. And it talks, but then it's also going to be telling the actual story of their conflict. Yeah. If I remember though, that book's a little bit dry.
0: It is. It is. I think I found it difficult to, to, uh, read and like maintain focus on, which is part of why I don't remember the story that clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that's that's the. But I still I still
1: enjoyed the read. Sure.
0: But like that that's all of the the regular sets, the full fledged full sets that are coming out in twenty twenty two for that are going to be standard playable. Uh, but there's there's some other stuff going on in twenty twenty two that they mentioned in this Magic Showcase. There's actually more sets and and Magic card stuff. But before we get into that, uh, one of the things that I thought sounded really cool, and I was hoping is going to be something that Boardwalk is doing, Donovan can let us know, is they said they're going to start these store championships. Or do them again, yeah. I guess.
1: They've done this before. They're going to bring back store championships, they're going to try to do them a little different. Um, I think they're supposed to be kind like kind of a, a draw for the competitive Magic player. Whew. Um, yeah. But they're, they're also trying to still be very open and friendly. Yeah. And so it's it's a hard balance to strike. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, when they did them, they are supposed to be your casual Magic players' first introduction to competitive play. Yeah. So they wanted them run at competitive rules enforcement level, and they wanted to have some kind of big prizes at the top end. Yeah. Have some kind of, like, top more top-heavy payout, but they didn't want people who went to not get anything. Okay. Um, so there's a balance there, and so we're going to see kind of how they, as they get closer how they actually intend to make that work out, if they intend to do that kind of thing. Um, and But I think uh, they said that they're going to have an Arbor Elf promo card for a, as an attendance yeah. promo. I think they only have 40 per store, though, so any store that has more than 40 players in their store championships may not be able to give everybody one, which I'm kind of worried about for Boardwalk because we've hit cap on our 36-player events several times over the last few months, you yeah. know. So oh, I would be worried that this special one with a special promo we might have more than forty at. Sure. Um and then there's gonna be a collected company, I believe, for top eight and then a worm coil engine for first place. Yep. Is that what it was? I was? That's
0: what they said. The collected company for the top eight and worm coil engine for the winners of the store championships.
1: Um and so and then a really cool thing they're doing is that the uh I believe the I think it's just the top eight promos. I think so. I don't think it was the Arborells. Yeah. I think it's the top eight and first place promos we're going to have the store name printed on it for any of the WPN Premium locations that ran the store championship. Okay. Which I'm hoping to get for Boardwalk before the store championships roll around. Oh. I'm not really sure when in 2022 they're planning on actually rolling them out.
0: I think they said this: the store championships were going to be in like the second half of 2022, if I remember so the video correctly. If it's
1: the second half, we might get there because we're hoping. We're working on signing a lease with a new building right now. We're just having to work out some of the finer points before we can sign contracts right now. Yeah. And then we're going to start getting construction done and we're going to move to a larger location. And since we're paying for all that build-out anyways, we are planning on building out in a way that would make us more accessible to and Premium. Okay. Because a lot of the problems we have right now are just due to us not having the space... To allocate towards storage for things and so we have it stored along the walls and they just don't like the way that looks aesthetically or okay we we wanted to have these tables that we like the shape and height and material of but we didn't but since they were folding tables we could move them around and relocate them more easily mm-hmm. but wizards doesn't like folding tables for their WPN premium locations and stuff and so like a lot of stuff that we thought we'd, we were trying to do to make things a more inviting play space, yeah. Uh, Wizards just didn't like. And so we're, we're going to try to do stuff, but it's like expensive. You could change it, you know, but it's expensive to do it and still be like still good, you know? Yeah. So since we're doing all this build out anyways, we're planning on trying to build out in a way that makes us more accessible to WP and premium. And hopefully we get all that done. Not only before the store championships, but enough in time that Wizards is going to give us some of these name-stamped promo cards with Boardwalk Games' name on them. Well, that would be very exciting if that does if that does work out. Uh, one of my
0: issues with the store championship, though, like I think this is cool. I will, I may want to participate in this. Uh, apparently, you can do the event could be standard, modern, pioneer, or limited, and so depending on on the. Uh, uh, format, Format. I, I may or may not actually participate, but it's something that... Ah, come on, you can participate
1: in any of those if you want to.
0: It's something I may want to do, uh, but it sounded to me like when they were talking about this, they are like, oh, and for our competitive players, here's here's this. And I remember when they were... when we were talking about all of the shutdown on the... Uh, what would you... Pro Tour? Yeah, the, the, uh, the pro-level play, right? That yeah. sort of stuff. They were talking about how they still want to keep competitive players in mind, and they're going to be doing stuff for competitive players, but they're going to focus a little less on that end of things, you know? And I'm like, if this is what they mean by doing stuff for competitive players, is we're going to bring back the store championships, I don't think this is it.
1: No, store championships didn't really appeal well to the competitive players. No,
0: I don't, because like... I. This event could be very competitive, especially depending on the size of your store and how how dedicated people are to playing it competitively. But since you're only going to be competing against the people that you compete at at your store normally, I don't think people are going to think of this as very different from
1: FNM. I think that the pricing and entry fees pays a lot into that. Because um, I think if you if you ran this as a one k, yeah, then people would treat it a lot more competitively than FNM. Yeah. Maybe, but I I think that the... And so, like, until we have more guidelines about this, I don't know if you're allowed to offer cash prizes for your store championship. You I don't know?
0: either, but my point is that, like, even if you run it as a 1K, then it will be a more competitive event. People feel more competitive about it, but it seems to me that... And maybe this maybe I'm completely wrong about this, but it seems to me that, like, the really competitive players that enjoy that high level of competitive play and stuff, one of the things they want isn't the big prize. It's not so much that they want to get a big prize for playing Magic. Is they want the prize to be big so that it draws players of a very high skill level from all over. And then you get to pit yourself against these the... Like, the, the store champion from the store championship, if you gathered all of the store's champions and put them together, that's a pool of people... Well, that someone would feel like, oh, that's a competitive event. Like, ooh, these oh, are the I these mean, are the better players. Other
1: and I were talking about running a interstore competitive tournament thing, and what we can do is we can just take this into, and we're just going to have a tournament that the entry fee is like ten bucks, and you have to show your store championship top eight card in order to play. I mean, or just make it an invitational
0: and invite every store champion that you can get, like a record of. <laughs> no, that I mean that would be cool I'm not saying, I, I'm not making any Suggestion for an event, I think that's that's A cool idea, but like my point is just like Since the store championship Like even if your prize Was a million dollars If it was limited to people Who play at the store already, like if your prize Was a million dollars, you would get people from all over Coming to play, right? But it no matter how big the prize is If you're just playing with the people In your local game store uh, Your regular store players I don't think that people will feel like it's a much different event.
1: Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, That was a thing about the store championships the previous time around. Since they required them all to be on one weekend, you did pretty much have the people who play at your store regularly as the attendees. Yeah. Because people couldn't go to a bunch of them. They might get up two, you know? Sure. But they couldn't go to a bunch of them. And so, um, because they're all happening on the same two days. Right. So we'll see how it goes. Um, And This And like I said, if this is supposed to be like the previous store championships, where it's more supposed to be a stepping stone for your casual players to look at competitive play, Mm -hmm. then I think that that's a great way to do it, is have store championships. Yeah. I think that's a good thing for stores to do, to, to move towards having, for their players to see what competitive play is like. Sure. And like, at BoardWalk, we like doing those big 1K tournaments. Yeah. We haven't been doing them recently because we're kind of we don't want to be the place to host a bunch of people crowded into one cramped space during a pandemic, you know. Right. Like I'm going to those big tournaments because that's my favorite hobby. Sure. But I don't want to be the person who caused the outbreak, you know.
0: Right. You're you're so, willing to get you're willing to get infected. You're not so much willing to uh, infect people.
1: Exactly. Right. I'm willing to risk my own life. I'm not willing to cause a problem
0: sure (laughs) well i i am looking forward to this Uh, whether or not i complain about its competitiveness i'm not a competitive player i don't really care about going to a seriously competitive event i'm just concerned and maybe i'm just completely misreading uh aaron forsyth who i believe was the one talking about this i got the impression he was like so we we want the competitive players to know we still support them and we're doing competitive events so we're bringing back store championships. Uh, not uh, that isn't meant to be a quote. I'm just saying that's the impression of what he was saying that I got. And I'm like, I don't think that that's how you do that. I hope that they have more in in store for uh for high level play and competitive players um in the future. Still, you know.
1: Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um... I think this one's a bit early for me to really really judge it but i'm, I'm hopeful for it yeah i think so it'll we'll be see cool how game. it goes
0: and uh i know that there's no way that i would come out on top especially at boardwalk where you got you some really serious good players there but i would love to have a worm coil engine that says boardwalk games on it that would be awesome that would be
1: really cool so, and mm. that's the kind of thing that's really cool about those kinds of promos yeah is like that would be a unique item you mm-hmm. know like there is one worm coil engine that said that. Right.
0: Yeah. That that's that would be a draw for me. Um but in addition to the you know, the regular lineup of standard sets and the storage. Which is
1: I guess why I'm a little bit glad that worm coil engine's the first place promo and collected companies the top eight one is because the one where you might need four of them <laughs> they at least exist. Even if it'd be hard to get them. Right. There are two playsets of it, you know? Sure. Whereas Wormcoil Engine, you're more likely to... Yeah, you could be playing it in a Tron deck where you need four. But most people who play Wormcoil Engine need it in their Commander deck,
0: you know? Right. Um, so, we've covered like all of the regular standard sets coming out in 2022. We've talked about the Store Championships. They'll be later in the year as we understand it. But Magic does a whole bunch of other things throughout the year. Like the like Commander decks and... Uh, Uh, supplemental sets and other little things that they put out, uh, secret layers, all kinds of stuff, over the course of a year, and we've got a bunch of that stuff that they announced too. Uh, The first thing I think that's going to come up is going to be, in the first quarter of the year, they're going to be doing this double feature, which is basically just a set that's uh, the Innistrad Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow mixed together. Um... And And you drafted it. I
1: didn't see the video, so I don't know anything about that.
0: Uh, Apparently, it's, like, seriously, it's just uh, special packs that have Innistrad cards in them from both of the sets this year. Uh, And they have, as uh, the impression I got, and they didn't give much detail. The impression I got, though, is they've got a special, maybe it's just an art thing, but they are themed from, like, classic monster movies. And so, like, maybe it's the showcase cards will have, like, classic movie monsters on them or something. They're calling it Double Feature, and it's just to base, as far as I can tell, just you're drafting both the Innistrad sets together and they've got some special movie monster stuff in.
1: Alright, well, we'll see how that goes. Yeah,
0: I'll be interested to see what they look like. I want to see what the, uh, like, movie monster stuff is, you know? Um, apart from that, you know, I can get packs of uh, Innistrad Crimson Bow and and Midnight Hunt and draft them if I want to you know uh, yeah. similarly though we've got the jumpstart 2022 as apparently um the way they framed this was people are excited about jumpstart on arena and they want to know well are we going to get these cards in paper also and they're like yeah we're going to do jumpstart 2022 it'll be more jumpstart stuff
1: uh the um I I I like that I think that jumpstart is a thing that is not a bad idea. Yeah, I like it. I think it was poorly implemented at first. Sure. And I think if they continue to print it and make more of the stuff, then it will be fine. And if they do it kind of like they used to do old core sets, where it's like they change some of the stuff and update things, but they don't make a new set, you know? Mm-hmm. And like Jumpstart 2022 is mostly the same as Jumpstart but they have these additional changes, like, um, in the, jump his, on Historic Jumpstart, or on Jumpstart Historic Horizons on Arena, you could do, they could do a thing where if you got a, um, a pack from a certain set, combined with another pack from a certain set, you could get, like, a multicolored card that was both of those colors. Yeah. And you can't really do that in paper because you don't know what you're gonna get. Sure, But they there was some, like, you could toss in, like, a multicolored card in some of the packs and there there's already in the previous sets there were these thriving lands that you could pick a color when it came in mm-hmm. and you'd have one of those in each of your packs so you'd have a couple of cards that would let you tap for that set that that second color of it if it wasn't the color of your rest of your pack you know yeah like if, if you got a red blue card in your red deck and then a white pack as your other one you could have both of your thriving lands give you access to that blue card you know sure. And so, like, they could do some interesting things like that. I don't think they're going to go that route of, like, including gold cards in it, you know? Yeah. But updating the packs and having something new in some of the different factions and getting some new cards into some of the factions, for, even if they're not new to Jumpstart, but new from other sets and stuff, like the Vampire set having some cards from Innistrad, the new Innistrad sets. Yeah. Could be cool and stuff like that. Like, getting, get a few updates, make a few changes release it as Jumpstart 2022, mm-hmm. I think would be good. Instead of just, you know, I don't want them to print original Jumpstart into the ground. Right. And just do that for 20 years. But if if each year they come out with an updated list for Jumpstart and print more stuff for it. Yeah. As far as I can tell,
0: I mean, they like with everything else, they didn't give a lot of details. But it sounds like they're going to be doing some different faction packs. Like just new factions they hadn't done before they said. They're going to have a faction pack that's like, uh, multi-headed creatures, and... I assuming that's just Hydras. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Cerberus. Uh, mm-hmm. Two-headed giant. Giant of four yeah. eyes.
1: Yeah, we'll see.
0: Uh, and, they all, and they said they're going to do an Eldrazi pack. And that's interesting. That's cool. Um, uh, also, I think the... <laughs>
1: this is, I would be really interested to get a new set of wastes if the Eldrazi pack is, like, colorless. Yeah like it would just be interesting to have some more arts for waste. Yeah. Um I think they
0: I think it was the Jumpstart 2022 set. I think they said that each pack is going to have an anime card in it.
1: Yeah, they said they're going to have the anime art style card or something. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a promo card or if they're just talking about the do you remember the tokens on the front of the Jumpstart pack that tell you what pack is yeah. in there?
0: Yeah, we got one. Like, of Like, is that
1: just going to be nerd anime nerd styled, or <laughs> is it a card in the pack? Yeah, in I
0: it? don't know, but I I was kind of interested in that because because I do like anime. I'm a, I'm a nerd. Um, and then I think in the summer, I think I think these are kind of a little bit jumbled in order. I think Double Feature is going to be like in the first quarter, and Jumpstart 2022 is going to be like in the latter half of the year. But in the summer. Of 2022, we're going to be seeing double masters 2022,
1: and we yeah. I had heard them say they were going to do another double master set, and I was just just worries me so much <laughs> because the reason iconic masters was such a flop was them doing master sets all the time. Oh uh, you know? yeah, this, this is
0: <laughs> this is one of the things that made me think like, oh no, I must sound like I'm complaining too much because I I had a very similar thought. I was like. They did too many Master Sets. Those didn't sell anymore.
1: And Card Masters has great stuff in it. It's got, like, Noble Hierarch, Horizon yeah, Canopy. but they're expensive. Like,
0: and then, like, people are willing to spend extra on packs when they're a special thing. Yeah. But when there's new ones every year, then like, well, I can't afford this. hmm But, like, they did Master Sets until they didn't sell anymore. Like, they did too many of them and they didn't sell. They're like, ooh, Double Masters, where you get two rares and two foils in every pack. And people bought them. So they're like, okay, so next year we're going to do Double Masters. So are they going to print Double Masters sets until those don't sell anymore? Then what? Is it Triple Masters?
1: Yeah, I, that's what concerns me. Is just like, I think doing them once a year was okay. Yeah. When they moved to twice a year is when it became a problem on the master sets. And so I think that the master sets could be okay once a year, as long as they're not also doing like Modern Horizons sets that same year. So yeah. like this year they did Modern Horizons. If they do a master set next year, that might be okay, you know? Yeah, like, maybe.
0: I I even think that might be a little too frequently, but may, maybe that would be. A I, think, I
1: think I would have been better every other year have like a master set yeah. or a fancy fancy set, you know, mm-hmm. and do stuff in the meantime, like you have Jumpstart, right? Sure. You know? But, like, this next year, they've got Jumpstart, Double Masters, and a new Commander Legends set. Yeah. And an Unsanctioned. And Unfinity, which is the infuriating. <laughs> is it? Yes. Unsanctioned was bad enough. Yeah. But that at least wasn't a full set. Unfinity, like, why have they dropped the naming convention for the set when they haven't even exhausted it? They did three of them. And then they're like, yeah, we're out of ideas. Unfinity now. Like, we could... Th- there was all kinds of euphemisms for going insane that start with un that they haven't used yet. Yeah, that's fair. Also... Like, unsanctioned was annoying, but it could be stretched. You know, you're like, oh, this is, this is an unsanctioned thing. Like, that's off the rails, you know? Yeah. Like, that's fine. You could stretch it, plus it was just a set of decks that didn't, weren't even all new cards. Some of them were old, set cards, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, alright, we're fine. It's eh. But Unfinity, come on! Like, where's where's Untied? And Unloosed? And Unzipped?
0: Dude, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but Unfinity is supposed to be uh, a sci-fi magic set. They've got a some kind of
1: magical space- carnival of... I don't know. I actually don't really have any problem with Unfinity in of itself. I don't care about unsets. They're silly fun things. I think they can be funny, but I I am a competitive magic player. I don't care about them, you know? Yeah. Um, my I do have a problem with the name. It's really lazy. Mm-hmm. And super annoying. I think they're doing
0: unsets too often also, but there's... Sure, but I think that I every
1: four years is fine. I
0: mean, it's probably okay. But I remember that, like, when we started playing Magic, uh, Unglued was, like, this thing in Magic's past that was, like, a really cool thing that had happened. And, and people were like, oh, Unglued cards. Those are so rare and so cool, right? And then we played Magic for, like, ten years before they did another unset. And now, like, there's been two more in the next ten years, you know? And it's just mm-hmm. like ah, it's like it's still it is a long time between unsets. That's fine, I get that, uh, but it does seem less special than unglued did. And anytime you do more of something, it's going to be less special. Uh, but like I said, they've they've done like as many unsets in in the last.
1: They've done as many ma- unsets since you stopped playing Magic since th- than they did when you played Magic.
0: <laughs> right, and I played Magic for like twenty years. Yeah, right. Um, so I don't know. It just seems like they're doing a bit too much. And also, I thought, what, what was the last one? Was it unsanctioned? Um, where the- unsanctioned, if you count that, and unstable is the real one. Or uns- unstable. One of them. Um, one of them was the one where they did. Uh, they did the oh Rigor... not riggers. Um, yeah,
1: contraptions. contraptions.
0: yeah. They did. Contra- that was unsafe. They did contraptions, and and that was was really irritating to me. Um, that was I. That was a total cop out on making contraptions work. As they did, they put contraption in as a mechanic in future sight. And they're like, "Ooh, this is something from the future of magic." And then they spent years talking about how, oh, the way they worded that, it was designed to not actually work. They can't do it. It's too bad. People have asked for it. It can't actually be done. And they're like, oh, well, let's do it in an unset. And then they did an unset with contraptions in it, and they're like, ah, oh, see, that was a future sight of an un-card. I'm like, no. That was a black-bordered magic card. And also, I figured out how to do contraption. Yeah, well... I figured it out. I think that it made perfect sense. It's not like they... It's not like they rejected my idea or anything, you know. I hadn't talked to anybody at Wizards about it. Uh, but I had spent some time designing uh, contraptions as a mechanic for my own, like, pet project thing that I that I was working on. Um, and then they actually did do contraptions, but they did it in an unset. And that was very frustrating to me. And it doesn't actually have any bearing on Unfinity, but it that
1: just really soured me on it. Yeah, and then, like, the unstable basics are not really something you should play with in a competitive magic deck because they're thicker than regular magic cards are they really Mm -hmm. that's bad too not super noticeable so i don't think it's a big deal but technically not probably tournament legal cards (laughs) all right
0: and then uh i think the last of the supplemental sets i don't know i don't remember at what point in the year they said this is going to come out but they have a commander legends set Baldur's gate which is uh, D&D-themed commanders, Commander Legend that's uh, basically Commander as a draft format, right? So you, get, you uh, draft these packs, you take two... I think you get two picks at a time, the pack has 20 cards in it, and you pass the packs around and draft your cards, and then you build a 60-card deck, and you have a Commander.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm perfectly fine with them wanting to do a set of Commander cards for like a, a draftable commander set every year yeah i'm if they want to like commander players need something for them too yeah and i think that they get plenty with cards being in standard you know mm-hmm. but i also understand that commander players like to buy packs too yeah and feel bad sometimes about buying standard packs so like just because so few of those cards are targeted at them so i get it i think it's i find i think it's if you want to do another commander set, that's great. Yeah. Keep tying in the D&D stuff if they want to try and draw in D&D players to it. That's fine. Yeah, they made it they made a
0: point about like D&D and Commander both being very social games, and so they were a good good match. Now, that sounds more like marketing than reality to me, but like that's fine. It's fine. I don't I don't mean to sound disparaging, but I just I don't really care about them doing a Commander Legends set. That's fine. I don't have a problem with it. I'm not especially excited about it. I might play it. I like drafting, and so a special draft thing is fun. I think we did a draft with the last Commander Legends, and uh, yep. And I think it was fun. I think I won.
1: Mom stabbed me in the back <laughs> real hard.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't I know, know it why.
1: It was completely out of the blue, too. It's yeah, like, nobody knows why. It's like... She didn't know why. Like, she was hmm. like, "Oh, it, felt like, what it we, felt like that was the most powerful play I could make." What do I like, do sure. here? What do so I do? Why? Hmm. You know what? I think Donovan
0: should hate this game.
1: She's <laughs> gonna make Donovan lose real quick. Yep. Not to win, just to make Donovan no. lose. <laughs> no, it was actually probably the worst strategic decision she could have made.
0: <laughs> oh, that was great, though. That was so. You much and fun.
1: Daniel had vocally aligned yourselves together against us. <laughs> and yeah, we didn't have any kind of agreement. <laughs> but like, really?
0: <laughs> oh, that was great though. I, I mean, I'll look
1: forward to... I don't actually have a problem with it. I just think it's funny to complain about. It's just no, like, I, what? No, I think that's
0: hilarious. <laughs> uh, but And I'll look forward to uh, Commander Legends, Baldur's Gate. The more I think about it, the more like like, yeah, I had fun with the Commander, Commander Legends that we played before. Um, I'm not huge on printing cards like new cards for not standard. I don't really like that, uh, but kind of whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's mechanics that it's awkward to put in standard, like partner. Yeah, that they want to have for commander. Yeah, I I don't think that it's as necessary, but
0: the thing I I don't care. The thing
1: I don't like about it
0: isn't that like, oh no, standard doesn't get this. Like I get there are things that like they're not really good for standard. What I don't like is that then they are legal in eternal formats. And so there's these cards that are legal in the eternal formats that were never legal in standard and mm-hmm. and it just messes with what I think of as the point of the eternal format, you know, is to like Continue to play with the cards that have rotated out of standard. Um, whereas, I guess probably a more accurate way to think of it is these are the formats where you get. Well, no, it's not really because I was because I was gonna say these are the formats where you get to play with all of the cards from Magic, but like I mean, that's just one of them or two, sort of. Because like of them, but sort of. Is modern
1: accurate. doesn't get you don't play you can't play the commander cards in Modern. Why not? Can't you? Because they're no, you can't. They're not legal. Uh. Mo- Legacy and Vintage are the only ones where you can play with, in- and I guess Commander are the only ones where you can play with any cards printed. Okay. Modern, it had to be printed in a modernly le- in a standard legal set or a Modern Horizons set. Oh,
0: I guess that's better, but still, Modern Horizons messes with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, but I, 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 I would really like for them to take. I've harped on this before. I would like for them to use Modern Horizons as a way to create a reserved lists a, a, a legacy with no reserved list yeah and they could build up to it via we'll modern see. horizon sets without having to do it all through standard and you can do some of it through standard you know like they put grim tutor and stuff like that in standard recently and that wasn't a problem you know
0: but we'll see uh that that would that wouldn't break with my idea of how it works i mean i guess in, in on like a technicality it would But, like, those cards existed in Standard at one time. So, printing them in a Modern Horizons set would just be making them legal the way Modern rules
1: are are written, you know? But Modern Horizons is, it's like three things, right? Um, Reprints of older cards. Mm -hmm. And then the two things that you don't really like, apparently, are... One is, like, niche fillers. They're like, okay, I think that Modern kind of needs this card but we can't really print it in the standard, like, Force of Negation. Yeah. No. They're like, look, we need a card, a negate that you can play for free if it's your opponent's turn to disrupt combo decks. Mm-hmm. Like, they're trying to make a free counterspell that's really targeted disrupting combo, not protecting combo. Yeah. and But they're like, but, like, free counterspells are a little bit much for standard. Yeah. So, like, they put that kind of thing in there. And then the third thing, which you probably are also not a fan of, though, is them just expanding on themes in sets that they they would like to have more cards from that theme. Like, Evoke Creatures from Lorwyn was a big one in Modern Horizons, too. Or more copies of cards with food and and stuff like that that we didn't get enough of in Eldraine. See... And so, like, I think it would be better for them to make these cards in standard sets and say, maybe do more stuff in Eldraine if we want that's more food cards. what
0: colors. I was about to say. is like, I don't have a problem with them doing the things you're saying is, like, expanding on these things. But, like... If you want to do more evoke cards, go back to Lorwyn, or just add evoke to another set. Come like, but they put, like think of a flavor where it works in another set. Made
1: overload cards in colors that were not part of Is it because overload was an Is it mechanic? Okay, they, like it doesn't. But if it doesn't have
0: to be, and like doing it in Modern Horizons proves it doesn't have to be, and doing it in Modern Horizons instead of doing it in a standard set is just being lazy. Is saying like, "Hey, we know this doesn't have to be an is it thing, but rather than come up with some explanation for how it works in a non is it thing, we're just gonna not."
1: Well, I think they could do that and just do it in a core set. Like that's the whole value of core sets, right? Sure, could is it lets it them do set. things that are not tied to a story? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But whatever,
0: that's just kind of this tangential thing tacked onto the end of Commander Legends: Baldur's Gate. It's not a big enough, like, we spent way too much time talking about it for how big of a deal it is. It's not a big deal. I don't hate Commander Legends or Modern Masters or or Modern Horizons or whatever. It's just sad that they feel it's necessary. Yeah, I just, it just feels a little icky to me. I'm just like, oh, why, why is this not, why is this not part of the actual, like, rotation of cards? Why are we doing something else? It, It, it just seems like we're going around the rules rather than, working within them or expanding the rules or whatever it's
1: just like ah we're gonna yeah it's all about that money right commander players don't buy enough standard packs wizards only gets money from pack sales yeah that's
0: so that covers the 2022 schedule the store championships the supplemental sets that are gonna be coming out but magic does even more stuff and that's why we got a really long news episode on one video that Watsy put out this summer is we've got a uh, Universe Beyond happening. Uh, and this is something we've talked about on the show before. We've, we've mentioned this is where uh, Watsy is going to make magic cards using the intellectual property of other, uh, I don't know, cre- creatives, companies, you know, inter- intellectual property holders, right? Yeah. And the first one is Warhammer 40K. And, and this is... Not a major point that something I found interesting is every time they mentioned it in the video from multiple different people said Warhammer forty thousand. And I I don't know
1: <laughs> what. They just don't know. Do you They're think They're using the universe beyond stuff, they just don't know what it's called. Do you think so? Because like the the guy I don't remember who
0: it was. Um he he is a, a magic Personality uh, at WotC that I would recognize his name. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he was saying this has been a decades-long dream of his is to bring Warhammer Forty Thousand to Magic. And I'm like, really? And so I don't know. I don't know if there's like a technical thing about the name that made it a legal issue that they had to say it this way. I don't know if they don't know. Or I don't know if like maybe really enfranchise Warhammer forty k players do say it that way, and it's just us like outside of the know that that think it's called Warhammer forty k. But I've always heard Warhammer forty k, and in this video, repeatedly, multiple different people, like three different people, said Warhammer forty
1: thousand. I don't, I don't think so. I think <laughs> they just, I think they di- They might know it's called forty k, but I think that they may have been just in whoever it is in marketing or whatever yeah. may have just been really worried that if they said 40k people wouldn't see the Warhammer 40,000 stuff and know that that was the same thing <laughs> because like in Warhammer and stuff they it's never written Warhammer 40k right you know it's written Warhammer 40,000 like that's the sure actual yeah that's what it
0: that's how it's always written i know able you
1: know yeah and so it's just like I wouldn't be surprised if just whoever was doing the marketing for this video or whatever was like we need to say Warhammer 40,000 because magic players who don't know 40K will need to know that these are the same product. <laughs> you know? That's that's such a bleak idea of how smart magic players are though.
0: Because even if you even if even if you didn't hear 40 $4. even if you didn't hear 40K like 40,000, you heard like 4D K, like a 4, the letter D and the letter K, right? Even if that's what you thought it was, when you see the pack that says Warhammer 40 anything on it you'd be like, oh, I misunderstood something, that's the product right? No (laughs)
1: Duncan, people are dumb. I know that
0: they work in detail. People are dumb. Uh, I've been in food service. It's yeah, you're not wrong. Um, that that does sound like a reasonable explanation. But we like to think that, so that the bad. people
1: that play the hobby that we play are smarter than the average bear, but they're not, Duncan.
0: No, I well, I want the average goes
1: believe... out there not knowing what forty k means. Well, I...
0: <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> But what I want to believe is that the average Joe is smart enough to understand that they made a mistake when they can see the
1: mistake. They might be smart enough to know that, but they're not going to admit it. Okay. (laughs) People with buying power don't admit that they're wrong.
0: Alright, but uh, this Warhammer 40k... Uh, Dungeons, Warhammer Forty Thousand. Okay, Warhammer Forty Thousand product is just going to be a set of commander decks. I think they said there's going to be four of them, but that I that could be that number could be wrong. But they said they're going to be putting out a set of commander decks uh, with the Warhammer Forty Thousand uh, intellectual property. So it's going to be um, Warhammer art, Warhammer mechanics. They really work to make. All the cards really represent stuff from the Warhammer 40,000 universe in these decks. And then uh, later on in the year, I'm going to be doing a Lord of the Rings universe beyond. And this one is going to be a whole set. The full set is going to be come in uh, draft packs. So it'll be draftable and it will be playable apparently in Modern.
1: Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Somebody had mentioned that to me and I hadn't actually seen that anywhere. That's what they said. Um and since I didn't see the video, so it's going to be modern legal? Yep, that's what they said. That's going to be really weird, but we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah, um, that uh, just kind of dovetails into what we were talking about before, but um, but I'll, I'll leave that alone, except to say that you mentioned that uh, modern is just cards that were standard legal or modern horizons,
1: right? And apparently yeah. this Lord of the Rings set. Duncan, Lord of the Rings is... Lord of the Rings Horizons. <laughs> Modern Lord
0: of the Rings Horizons.
1: <laughs> it's, um, um, Middle Earth Horizons. <laughs> um, but
0: while I don't like this kind of on principle, I don't really like the universe beyond stuff because of what I basically going, tying all the way back to what I was saying at the very beginning when we were talking about Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, is I think that. Uh, Watsy has decided, like, hey, flavor is important in Magic, but not any particular flavor. We can do any flavor, and it will work for Magic, right? And I'm not so sure. I think it can. Like I said, I think Magic is flexible and, and resilient, um, and the Magic uh, structure can work with any flavor. And I think you could make a Lord of the Rings card game with all of the exact same rules as Magic, and that would be good and successful even, Right? Uh, to a certain extent. I mean, it depends on how much you support it, really, as to whether you get successful, right? But you could do a Lord of the Rings card game that has the exact same rule set as Magic, and that I would be in support of. Um, but doing Lord of the Rings in Magic, I'm not so big on it. I'm kind of like, ah, I think that Magic needs to have its own flavor in order to continue to be Magic.
1: So, sure. I think that I would like for that Magic has its own flavor, but... That's one of the problems, though, you run into with these cross-plane-themed games. Like, I don't know if you remember HeroScape. Yeah, I remember HeroScape. Like, HeroScape dipped into the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. and stuff like that, even though it had its own universe of stuff. Yeah. Like, since they can go anywhere, literally, like, sure. literally anywhere, there's nothing to stop them from going into these other planes. And so if you have enough people that will buy the product... They're going to do it, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: And 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 so it's like, and you there's the way magic is set up. There's not anything to stop them from doing it, right? And
0: that 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 all was meant to to as like preamble to the point I was saying. Like, but I like Lord of the Rings. I like Lord of the Rings, and it is pretty close in flavor to Magic. So I think I will probably like this set. I'll have fun with it. Uh, but there is that bit in my head
1: that's going like, but but. It's not magic. I think Lord of the Rings will work great. I think you're going to have Lord of the Rings cards that feel like magic cards. Some of them are going to mention places like Isengard or yeah,
0: you
1: know, Isildur or something. You know,
0: as a character and Gandalf as a character, and like that's
1: that's it's kind of fine. Um, And so I think that's fine. Um, I personally am not particularly more interested in. I, honestly, I would rather have another Eldrain set than Lord of the Rings. Yeah, sure. I really like Eldrain. you know? Yeah, I like Eldrain too. And Eldrain I think, is really deep. But Lord of the Rings is fine. I think Warhammer is going to be a bit awkward with the machine guns and the yep. space robots and stuff. Like, magic so far, the most space we've had is they entrapped Emrakul in the moon. Yeah. You know? Like, there's, like, no space travel on any of the planes.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's, like cars and stuff in uh,
1: a Portal? Is that it? Kaladesh? Yeah. Portal had guns. Yeah. But 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 we'll we'll see how it goes. And mm-hmm. so the other thing I wanna ask is did you hear anything in any of the video about the uh, the the non universes beyond versions of the cards they're supposed to print?
0: No. I didn't so, I didn't hear that mentioned at all. What what's up with that?
1: When they announced Universes Beyond mm-hmm. like they they did then they said that they were going to retroactively include um, the Walking Dead secret layer in it. And oh stuff. yeah. Mm-hmm. They said that there that one of the thing issues people had was that the secret layers of these cards were hard were hard to access for people who start playing Magic or something after the secret layer is over. Yeah. Because like how like how are they going to get it? You know. Mm-hmm. And so they were going to do. A magic-themed version of the cards, um, which seemed like it was kind of going to be like a reverse Godzilla promo thing. Yeah. In the list, included in set boosters of all the sets and stuff, Mm -hmm. the list was going to include magic-themed versions of the cards that were in the Universes Beyond sets. Okay. And did they say anything about that for the Warhammer or the Middle-Earth one?
0: Nope no comment. I'm on curious
1: that. if that's because they're not secret layers.
0: Yeah, it might be. Uh, um
1: or if even maybe these um maybe even these commander cards that we've got from Midnight Hunt that are not in the commander decks are supposed to be a like they're getting started on doing that, maybe these cards are things that are going to be in the secret layers and they just didn't want to explain that before? Maybe. That that would be interesting, you know? Yeah. Um I really couldn't say, but but they said that they're going to start including in the set boosters in some way magic themed versions of the cards that were going to be releasing in the universes beyond stuff. Yeah, whenever they announced universes beyond. Uh well, we'll have to. Uh... And so I'm curious if that's going to be if that's going to count stuff like the Warhammer forty thousand and <laughs> Lord of the Rings tales of Middle Earth that are coming out through stores and stuff. Yeah because those like those things are not any more inaccessible than previous magic cards, you right. know? So I, I don't know if that's going to include those things. I would prefer for them to include those things so that things that are specifically tied to Warhammer, mm-hmm. if you don't want the version of the card that has a machine gun on it in your magic deck... Yeah. Like, if you're just
0: building a commander deck, you're not buying a pre-built commander deck, but one of the cards in the Warhammer 40,000 commander decks is really good you may want to put it in there but then like you've got say a goblin deck that's like all goblins and some other red stuff maybe a couple dragons and burn spells hey now and also a space marine <laughs> like goblins what? already have machine guns
1: though that's true that is actually true but I, I was, goblin sharpshooter just has a machine gun right
0: I don't know uh, we'll, we'll have to, like, kind of keep our ear to the ground about that. I am interested to see what they decide but to do. I'm curious to see
1: how that goes. I That was one of the things that I, I really liked them saying about the Universes Beyond stuff when they announced it.
0: Yeah, I was hoping when they when they were talking about that stuff that the Universes Beyond was just going to be secret layers. It'd just be, like, four or five cards at a time. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I don't see them doing the entire Lord of the Rings set in, like, non-Lord of the Rings versions. Yeah. You know?
1: Lord of the Rings, though, I think that it's... Yeah, Lord of the Rings. The only things I would really need them to, like, likely to do non-Lord of the Rings versions of would be, like, the legendary creatures. Yeah. Be like, okay, look, here's a not-Gandalf legendary wizard,
0: you know? Yeah, but, like, Lord of the Rings is close enough to magic flavor already that it's not that big a deal. If you just have a Gandalf in your deck, like, whatever, it's a wizard, right? It's mm. it's like we were saying, if you have, like, a Space Marine in your Goblins deck, you're like... What is this? Yeah, that would be weird. Like, a drop ship. Yeah.
1: Like, what is this?
0: Right. Um, but uh, beyond that, in Universes Beyond, they mentioned two other Universes Beyond products. They're going to be doing a Fortnite secret layer. And they did say this one is all reprints. It's Fortnite-themed cards. And this is something I'm totally fine with. If Doing this with Universes Beyond is... I don't care. Like, fine. You do a secret layer... It's like four, five, six, ten, whatever cards that are cards already that exist. And you just like basically altered them to make them look like Fortnite characters. I don't care when people paint Fortnite characters on their actual cards and play with them in tournaments. That's fine, you know? Yeah. So doing it printed by wizards is fine too. I don't care. Uh, So that's the, the Fortnite secret layer. That might even be cool. I don't know. Like... Fortnite has some, some interesting uh, artwork and stuff to it. Uh, and then they're also doing a Street Fighter Secret layer. but the Street Fighter cards are all unique new cards in the Secret layer, made to mechanically work like the Street Fighter characters that they represent.
1: We'll see how that goes. I Yeah. So it's one of the things I personally don't have enough information to really judge it. It sounds like the Walking Dead Secret layer. It sounds like the Walking Dead Secret Lair, but they said they were going to fix that. Yeah, so we'll see. The real problems with it, you yeah, know, like
0: we'll see on that one.
1: I um, I don't honestly have any real problem with the Walking Dead Secret Lair, other than the inaccessibility to people who want to play with those cards. It's like it's purely a collector's item at this point, you know. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Uh. But that's that's always my thing. Is I want people who want to play with the cards to get to play with them. Sure. Um, Why I didn't like the way Jumpstart rolled out initially is it was just the the whales and stuff that were opening the Jumpstart packs because they got into the stores and bought all the boxes before the, you know, average Joe walked in off the street and said, hey, you got any Jumpstart packs?
0: Yeah, uh, the the one like teaser thing that they mentioned that I that I wanted to get to repeat because I think it is like, I guess it's kind of an obvious joke, but it it is kind of funny. Is the example card they had for. They didn't show the card, they just had the artwork. Was Chun Li, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're familiar with Chun Li from Street Fighter, this this joke lands. Uh, but they said that ch- the Chun Li card is going to have multi kicker.
1: <laughs> That's funny. It is, isn't it? That's pretty good. They showed the artwork for the Chun Li card? Yep. It's a bit racy. Oh, uh, you think so? Chun Li's like one of the most fan service parts of the entire Street Fighter.
0: I mean. It's not that bad. Like
1: franchise,
0: uh, the artwork for her has a lot of lag in it, but it's not like inappropriately. So here, here, here,
1: I was just kidding. I was haven't I haven't seen it at all.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, other than that, she's pretty. Uh, well, pretty is fine, but I mean, she's pretty. Uh, tame. tame. Yeah. Oh, uh, and I think that's pretty much all of the information that we got from this uh, magic showcase about the products and events and stuff for Magic 2022, Donovan. Um, was there any of this that you wanted to add something else to or or expound upon before we wrap it up?
1: Oh, dear. Ted Lee's got some thighs. Yeah, she
0: does. I, it did, I did mean it's it got a lot of leg, but, like, nothing really inappropriate, you know?
1: Her her thighs are, like, as big as her waist.
0: <laughs> I mean, how do you think she does That's... a flurry of kicks?
1: I mean, it's, she's always been real scary. I not why. <laughs> i wasn't actually worried about i was just joking right we kind of petered off were were we done with this episode
0: i mean pretty much that's why i was asking you if
1: uh yeah i was just trying to look up the art before i did anything because i was curious about it sure i was clicking through the youtube video to find it because the the little helpful thing i found that shows you where different stuff is just says universe is beyond at this point Oh. So I had to click through all the different universes beyond. And
0: specifically say, "And here's and... where you can ogle
1: Chun Li." No, nope. but the artwork wasn't super fan servicey, So no, that's it's not. It's it's pretty tame. said that... they've done a UFS art for it, <laughs> then maybe.
0: Oh, uh, I think I think the the acronym you were looking for was uh NSW. NSFW. 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 Yeah, I'm curious
1: to see how Jasco responds to that. I wonder if they have any problem with that. What's Jasco? The company that has the rights to do Street Fighter card games? Oh. Uh, I'm sure they have a deal
0: with them already. Or... Probably. I very much doubt that, uh, Watsi
1: or, um... I'm curious if Jasco no longer has those rights and is gonna be mad about it, or if Wizards paid Jasco. Yeah, or possibly,
0: um, who owns the rights to Street, Fighter, Street Fighter's intellectual property, uh... They may have retained whoever that is may have retained the right in their contract with Jasco to do other things as long as it's not like under certain circumstances or with certain stipulations, you know. I don't know. I, I don't know anything about it. I just that that is kind of an interesting point. I just don't have any information for it. Um, yeah. Before we actually close up shop and and get out of here, Don, I did still want to remind everybody about collection control. Uh, that's the service one of our patrons started to help people get their cards organized. So this is the sort of thing where, you know, like I, uh, I'm i always thinking like, ooh, this would be a cool deck or I want to put this in my trade binder and I start going through my piles of cards and I have literally thousands of cards. So I ended up with stacks of cards, piles of cards, just cards everywhere. And it can take hours to sit and sort them back and put them back where they go and everything. And if you don't do it, then you're never going to find anything ever again you know um which is the situation i'm in right now i can't ever find any magic uh
1: but but i'm trying to move out of my current residence (laughs) so i i haven't wanted to fix my magic cards because i don't you know what i mean like i'm worried that that like i have to get stuff unpacked that's currently still packed
0: right but ideally you want your magic cards sorted in whatever way works for you. You know, like, maybe you want your cards uh, sorted by card number. And, like, that's all...
1: Or- all the ones here, all the twos here.
0: <laughs> sure. Whatever works best for you. <laughs> um, or, you know, may- maybe you just want somebody to go in and pull out all your rares so that you can see what what's good to put in your trade binder and the rest of the stuff and just go into a box in your garage. I don't know what works for you. And neither does Collection Control. That's why they have a variety of services that they offer. You can get your cards sorted as much or as little as what you need. And and they have pricing to match. So, you know, you can find something that fits your budget or you can, like, say, money doesn't matter. This is what I need done. And you you can work that out with them. You just need to send an email to mtgcollectioncontrol at gmail.com uh, to find out more about the pricing and services that they offer. Uh, right now this service is probably mostly going to be local to the, uh, New Mexico area. What? Las Vegas. Yeah, uh, Mexico. Las Vegas, New Mexico. We made a big point in our last episode that is it's like, it's Las Vegas, New Mexico, <laughs> not Las Vegas. Yeah. But, uh, that's just because, uh, shipping cards is very expensive. If you are interested in paying for the shipping to ship your cards to New Mexico from wherever you are, again, that's mtgcollectioncontrol at gmail.com. You can get in touch with them. I'm sure that they'll work with you. Uh, but if you don't want to pay that hefty price for shipping cards, you may may want to be local for this. Uh, but you can uh, just, you know, get them to do all that work for you. And
1: uh, and unless I want to help collection control. I do want to say to my listeners... Probably before I started any conversation about price, I wouldn't tell the person money is no object. <laughs> Duncan said you can say that. Um, I probably wouldn't start with that. I
0: mean, that's a fair point. I'm not giving you recommendations for how to go about haggling. I'm saying that you could decide that money is no object and 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 uh, look at what you need rather than what you can afford. But you can. Work I think they'll direction. treat you right
1: at collection control either way. <laughs> But I'm just saying I wouldn't start with that.
0: <laughs> uh, but I think, I think that's everything we got for the episode, Donovan. I know that we could and have talked about magic for hours. Uh, hopefully I didn't spend too much time whining about the fact that nobody's doing my... My cert... Or my... Uh, review? Yeah, my giveaway. I want to give away these secret layers. Um... But
1: on that point, you're trying to give away basic lands though
0: Duncan. I know that's see that's why I was like maybe just nobody wants this. if you don't want this 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 particular secret layer, I will give you something else like we we actually do a bunch of it we've given away secret layers before we're gonna give away secret layers again we give away packs every episode we've given away other stuff uh, deck boxes stuff, whatever we'll give you stuff. just let me know what it is that you guys want as our listeners. if you don't want my. Uh, basic lands. <laughs> let me know. Um that's planeswalkerspod at gmail.com if you want to let us know what you basic would like us to Basic lands and they're away.
1: they're not even
0: full art. <laughs> they're so in fact not full art. They're no art. Alright, you make a good point, Donovan. But I, I did mention that earlier. Is like if, if the problem here is that nobody wants this, just tell
1: me that. We'll give you like, I think some people want it. Shock I'm lands just kidding. or something. Saw somebody playing those lands in his modern deck at the store the other day. Oh, that's cool. Uh, But in the
0: meantime, Donovan, if anybody wants to ask you uh, what you want as a giveaway from a podcast, where can they find you? Well, you can find me repairing windows at
1: Boardwalk Games in North Dallas. So many windows. Uh, Just kidding. I don't actually repair the window. It's just boarded up right now. Um, Or you can find me on Twitter at Day underscore Donovan or... I stream on Tuesday nights starting at 10 p.m. Central on the Twitch at D-Day underscore 99. Cool. And
0: if you want to ask me why I want everyone else to have my secret layers, you can find me at Engine Within on the Twitter. You can email the podcast at planeswalkerspod at gmail.com, or you could visit us on patreon.com slash planeswalkers to support the show and join in our monthly giveaways where we give away, you know, cards that aren't necessarily basic lands uh, until next but you did
1: point out to the people the one basic land that you opened you're like oh basic land Yeah, you really like giving away those basics
0: I want to give away basic lands I'll, I'll uh in the future maybe I'll keep the things like exquisite blood
1: <laughs> basic okay, land okay, that's, how you, that's how you con them into taking your basics you okay. include an exquisite blood alright uh, otherwise nobody does your reviews and you don't get them you know get rid of the basics
0: oh that's right maybe I should uh, find out what the like,
1: find out what, what the- Planeswalker or, or Da Vinci sketch card is in there right <laughs> well, um, until
0: next time may the force be with you
1: later days
0: All right, are you ready for this? Yes.
1: Okay.
0: We have recorded like an hour, and we haven't even got to our main main event
1: yet. We're giving so much cool stuff away. Right? And you spent like 20 minutes typing.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm sorry. I'm very slow at typing.